five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Energize Six Nations Grand Slam Rugby Special. Barry, how you doing? Special. Yeah, the perfect start to the perfect podcast for a perfect Six Nations campaign. It was yeah, literally it was perfect. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it had everything. Like you know, last minute winners. You know, win the Grand Slam over on enemy enemy territory. It really couldn't have went any better on from on Paddy's day. On Paddy's day. So, Barry, what's going on on the show? Okay, first of all, if you're new to the Energize podcast, welcome, and give us five stars. And if you're back for some more Energize action, welcome back to the show. And if you haven't given us five stars on iTunes, give us five stars. Yes. <laughs> so on today's show, we're going to go over Ireland's Grand Slam winning competition championship. I don't know, unreal. Uh, then we're going to just go over after how, like, what happened after, like how everyone felt. How it felt to actually be watching them on Paddy's Day. Like that, just reliving the moment. Because yeah. if you're listening now, you watch the match and you're up for some more moment reliving. Some of those Six this. Nation feels. Those Six, six Nations vibes. Uh, then we're going to look a bit into the future of this Irish team because the World Cup in Japan is on next year. And then we're going to go over the player of the tournament because uh, that's how we do it on the Energized Six Nations special. So... I suppose we should just talk like through the tournament, Ireland's five games. Um, look, I don't think anyone can ever forget one night in Paris, yeah. um, and yeah. not not the movie, not the movie. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Sexton, forty five <laughs> yards out. You know, what I mean, forty one phases. Murray throws in the ball, drop goal, wins the game, last minute of the game. Like that sort of set the standard for how the Six Nations was going to go for Ireland. That, that was the beginning of it all. Like, uh, yeah. Remember, we were actually we were over in Manchester watching it. And like the second it happened, we sort of looked at each other. And we were like... There's something special. This, something's going to happen. Like, like, little do we know they were actually going to go and win it. But it actually felt like they had won it by doing that. Yeah, yeah it was... When, a, when you score a drop goal for 45 yards out last year's game, you, you know it's going to be your year. Yeah, especially away from home in France. Yeah. Because remember, remember last year, first game against Scotland... In Murrayfield, we're like, we're, we're probably going to win this and then yeah. we end up losing. Yeah, you, there's something about the Irish rugby team in Six Nations where anytime we go out, I never expect us to actually lose. So, but like going to, see, the thing with France is they're never actually, they haven't been one of the top sides in the Six Nations as of late, but they're never actually someone who are easy to beat. Very few teams actually like beat France by many points. No, never, no. So, yeah, but it's also like sort of like if you get a good start, then therefore you come one of the favourites as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah so it was. It was a crucial game to win, and what a way to win it! Like you're probably my, like my favorite last minute win ever in Irish rugby history, and um, it was just absolute phenomenal uh, win. Yeah. Then obviously we played the Italians next, and that was a bit of a try fest. I think we scored like fifty six points. I think we scored like seven or eight tries. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone thought they were going to lose that game. No, they weren't. It was it was in uh, the Aviva as well. It was sort of a given, but it was more so like make sure you score four tries, lads, yeah. and. They did. Yeah. And that was really the breakout game for Jacob Stockdale. Like, that's when he really became very known. Yeah. M- Mr. Troy. <laughs> yeah, the Troy machine. Um, then, obviously, we played uh, Wales next. Um, Wales are always a tough side because, like, Warren Gatlin knows the Irish setup very, very well. Um, there's almost like a, gr- a grudge between the Irish and, we- uh, Irish and Welsh teams. It's quite like a 
good hard a grudge but like they're really really up for the game against each other yeah and again Jacob Stockdale scored a try very very late in the game and we won by 10 points in the end didn't even let Wales get the bonus point yeah that was like absolutely pivotal for us yeah because that game remember we were winning and then they got back into it and then then we got that try it was an Abundiaki just yeah. before half time and then that was sort of that was that was like there we go oh yeah I, I'm not going to lie I was actually a bit nervous for the Welsh game because like we only just scraped by France and then like being Italy well doesn't really mean a lot no. so therefore I was thinking like if we beat Wales like we're going to be very hard to beat but then again it's Wales have a very good record against Ireland in Ireland as well so it was a bit of a a tight one yeah that was, that was really the game as well where like the everyone got to really know each other as well they got yeah. more used to third game in and then also Farrell came in and came man of the match which yeah, was Chris out, Farrell yeah out of nowhere incredible incredible performance put in and then it's one and only game man of the match yeah yeah it's only game of Six Nations 100% record yeah. man of the match <laughs> he can retire happy yeah. now as well yeah and then <laughs> and the grand slam <laughs> and the grand slam yeah but um, then next you have Scotland and you have to bear in mind Scotland are actually just coming off beating England yeah you know what I mean Calcutta Cup so, um, champions <laughs> I mean, that makes them sound really really good when there's only two teams playing for it but um Look, Scotland, they were actually... They beat us last year. They'd just beaten England. They were, they were playing for the championship as well. They were, You yeah. know what I mean? When they came over to the Aviva. And you know what? A few handling errors went their way. It could have been a different story. And I think there was at least three times where they should have scored a try. And it didn't work out well for them. Yeah. And it was just one of those moments where you just know things are going your way when, like... The ball doesn't go to hand for Scotland, and it does go to hand for you. That's the, that's the funny thing about the rugby ball because it's like an egg; it can bounce either way. Yeah, and it, like it, like it always goes the whoever's the most luckiest that goes that way. Mm. And then you had Jacob Stockdale again getting on the try score sheet, like the man, yeah. phenomenal. Obviously, we're gonna let you know he set the record most tries ever in Six Nations history. He scored seven tries in his debut, five games, seven tries. Like, what more do you want from? Him? And like, he didn't actually like. I think. It was France games the only game he didn't score in. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, true. Yeah, but so like, he actually he scored seven tries in four games. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, like the thing is, it's not even as if like they're like right. The plan is give the Stockdale and we run it. You know what I mean? Hey, like, I think he scored two interception tries as well. Yeah, ran the length of the pitch. Um, absolutely phenomenal play from him. And then obviously there's the England game, and I suppose we'll, we'll like, get a bit more into this game because the most recent game. Yeah, everyone's seen the other ones. We discussed them, but it started off and Ireland started off really really strong. And then, next thing you know, like, Johnny Sexton's given the ball just in the edge of the 22. Does a Gary Owen for Rob Kearney to go and get. Yeah. I couldn't and, believe he did that as yeah, well. I was like, I was like, I, I think we must have had a penalty because it seemed like a bit of a, a rash move to do without a penalty. Yeah, it must have been a penalty. Yeah. And next thing you know, Rob Kearney goes up against Anthony Watson. And Rob Kearney had been immaculate under the high ball. And he his, put, yeah, his whole career. Yeah, his entire career. But like, specifically back in this tournament, he was like, peak Rob Kearney again and obviously that put Watson under enough pressure didn't get it down Gary Ringrose such awareness straight down on the ball yeah. he put in two fantastic performances against Scotland and against England Yeah, remember yeah. on the I don't know if it was the previous show or the show before that you, you, you explained like how when you went to see go see him play for UCD yeah. he just totally stood out and he, you can see now he's like grown into it like grown into yeah. more of a man yeah he does still look a bit skinny but yeah. he also he has this thing about him that like he always gains yards when he has the ball. As in, he does these little jinks and whatever way he moves his body, it fills whoever has attacked him. He gets a yard or two every single time, yeah. which is very, very dangerous. 
And then you obviously had the standard try up against the post. Um, CJ Standard had more ball carries in the entire Six Nations than anyone else. So like that just shows yeah. how much of like he's only young as well. What a leader. And then you had the Stockdale try, which was brilliant. Gets the ball on the wing, chips it over the defender's head, runs, hits his knee. Two English players trying to tackle him without the ball. Yeah. Still can't get him down. Yeah. And then runs and slams it down over the yeah, try line. Yeah, yeah. Apparently there was like a meme going around afterwards that before the game England actually extended the Troy Lloyd by two metres. Oh, did they? Uh, yeah, apparently there was like a joke, me about it being like, right. it was a few of the Irish lads laughed in the changing room afterwards. It's like, when you hear England, they're going to extend the Troy Lloyd by two metres. Um, but Stockdale, that was his uh, seventh Troy the tournament. And look, absolutely phenomenal performance for him again. Like, I was probably aware that he can't stop using, but there's no other words to describe it. It was just perfect performance week in, week out. I know, I know. I'm still like, in sh- like I'm not totally in shock, but I'm sort of like, that team or probably one of the best Irish teams that Ireland have ever had like football included well, whatever team you want to put that up against that's one of the best teams Ireland but it's, it's, ever it's a, I, think, I think it's I've never seen sort of a team with perfect blend of experience and youth so like there's that like double edged hunger in there because if you look at players like who had very good terms like Keane Healy and Rob Kearney who like maybe people thought were like pushing on a bit in terms of their rugby playing career yeah. they're not that old but like They've been around the block a few times. Yeah. And, like, obviously, they became more hungry by seeing these young lads who wanted so much and they had to maintain their position. And then, like, you have the others, like, Stockdale, Chris Farrell, Ring Rose, um, Furlong still young, uh, Larimore, Joey Carberry, you name them. Like, we had, oh, uh, James Ryan with an outstanding performance yeah. as well. I'm just looking at all those players and they're all, like, 25 or less and... Um, just they were playing as if they were seasoned veterans out there yeah because it's it's one thing wanting it it's another thing actually like going out there and delivering the goods especially yeah. like uh, the majority of them would have less than 20 caps oh I'd say I'd say Ireland probably had like maybe the least capped team in the tournament maybe yeah well fr- fr- France would probably be up there as well yeah, yeah. well France are notoriously known for like chopping ch- and changing change yeah. um, look it was an absolute outstanding performance throughout the tournament by Ireland like there's not enough good things you can say about them you can go 1-15 and like you can put an argument that each of them should be in team in the tournament yeah it's it, it's weird how dominant we were basically throughout especially in the England game the England game like only one team were going to win that but it's really really weird to think that that's only the third time Ireland have ever won the Grand Slam yeah you know what I mean because they look like they've been doing this for the last five years yeah the, Joe Schmidt even said it because it was a lot of the players' first ever full Six Nations or whatever. He was saying that these people, they, those lads, like your James Lyon, like your Gary Ringrose, like your uh, Jacob Stockdale, like they think that's the norm going out and winning yeah, the Grand yeah, Slam. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, like that's, that's just what you do. You, yeah. you win five rugby games, then like you lift the trophy. Yeah. But like you can ask anyone before, like a Rory Best, he was probably one of the few people, Johnny Sexton, maybe Conor Murray, who were there the last time they won the Grand Slam and like were actually active members in the squad yeah. I mean and dying to win it yeah um, oh Carney as well actually Carney yeah so, yeah, so it, it was incredible to see and there was such like camaraderie within the team and such effort put in for the lads amongst each other yeah that's really what I want to like focus on just for the next like, minute or two um, the team camaraderie like it didn't it, now, I could be wrong here but like it didn't seem like any other country had that sort of the camaraderie yeah, the other teams, they didn't seem to want it so m- much as the Irish teams did. Like, I look at people like, I look at Keith Earls, and I was like, 
no one tries harder on Rugby Pitch, I don't think, than Keith Earls. Like, he's not like the flashiest. He's not, you know, the player he looked at being like, he's spectacular, but he does everything very well. Yeah. It's almost a bit like, not in terms of leadership, but the way Roy Keane used to play soccer, he was never like the best at anything. But he try harder than anyone, and he like lead by example. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like, you look at Bundy Akai, and, like, his versatility, he had three centre partnerships across five games, and he was one of the most standout players of the entire tournament, always supporting the new person who came in to help him. And even if you look at his three centre partners, like, Robbie Henshaw doesn't have 20 caps for Ireland. No. Uh, Chris Farrell, I think, has less than five caps for Ireland. And Gary Ringrose has less than five caps yeah. for Ireland. And, like, Bundy Akai, it was his debut with Six Nations as well. Yeah. And he looked like he'd be doing it all year with those guys. You know what I mean? It was... Absolutely incredible yeah. to see that the role that Bundy Akai played, and he also plays for Connacht. And realistically, there's not many Connacht people within the side. And he, you know, at the end of after beating, and they all got in a huddle, and Bundy Akai did some sort of mating call or whatever yeah. it was. And like they all did, this, <laughs> and Irish yeah, they all yeah. did this like sort of clap dance together. And yeah. I was like, I was like, that's what you want to see. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's yeah. what you want to see. You that's want to what see champions do. Yeah, yeah. they're all best friends as well. You know what yeah. I mean? And you can just see it in them. Yeah, it's weird to think that a while ago people were actually giving out the way Bundyaki was in the squad, and yeah. then he was could have been the most important person who who had to like. I don't I don't think anyone else would have had to chop and change one of their partners at all. No, you know definitely not. No, definitely not in uh, terms of that regard. I think there was a bit of a there was a bit of rotation in the second row with um, yeah, but like for, Toner, uh, Ryan, yeah. and Henderson. Yeah, but like first six nations, three different partners in five games, and, and then went undefeated. And the thing is. I think in the first game against um, France, like, Henshaw was brilliant, and so was Bundy. And the second game, um, was the second game Henshaw got injured, was it? Yeah, in, yeah. against Italy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and then, like, Chris Farrell was man of the match in the, in the Welsh, Welsh game. game yeah. And then, Ringrose played brilliantly against Scotland, and then got the, the first try in the English game. Yeah. And I'm, like, obviously that makes all them look brilliant, but, like, Bundy was, like, with them, supporting them the entire time. And for me... We asked on Instagram who people's player of the tournament was. And for me, I think it's almost people are almost overlooking Bundy Akai and like how, how good he actually did. Yeah. And some of the hits he put in and like some of the carries he did, they were absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And he was just such a solid like there was just no mistakes made by him throughout the entire entire tournament. I know you can say he did that sort of shoulder charge against England, but you know what I mean? I was sort of debating at home whether, you know, some people were like, oh no, but then it was like, oh, if an English player did that to one of Irish lads, you'd probably say, oh, it was. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, but you could, you could tell that he really didn't mean it because, like, he, he also, like, headbutted him as well. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you don't headbutt something. Yeah, you're not, like, right, I'm going to loaf this guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was more of a, he was going to put it, he was basically trying to put in a big hit. Yeah. And, like, I think, I feel like his right arm wasn't actually able to do a wraparound, so he just wrapped around with the left arm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the like, way it looked. Yeah, you can, you can tell yeah. what was going down, really, but, yeah. It, it was what it was. Um, you, look, you didn't get a yellow card for it, so I don't think the ref thought it was intentional either. Yeah. So, um, look, he, he was absolutely incredible. And then, like, James Ryan as well. So many tackles put in. And Dan Levy as well. So many tackles put in. I know, this team is... Uh, I know, like, different individuals came in and out the whole time, but they just stayed a, a unit the whole mm. time, which is... Uh, it was actually fucking brilliant watching it and just seeing, like, that teamwork and then... All them going over to their families and the kids and the fans and like hugging and mm. whatever you do with the fans and like even the way Peter Mandy gave away his medal and stuff like mm. it was that was that was incredible touch of moment wasn't it Yeah it was it was like it was like loving it. Yeah, and it, it was, it, I, don't I, know, feel, it was I, feel, I feel like the Irish team were like 
we all did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like yeah. it was like the entire nation won that trophy. It wasn't just the fifteen men on the pitch. And Rory Best actually made this like touch and sentiment after the game that it was like, yes, it was the fifteen players on the pitch. Yes, it was the twenty three man squad. But it was also the other players who like helped out throughout the uh, Six Nations and like might not have actually got in any of the squads, but were in the camp. You know what I mean? That were like helping us out throughout the entire tournament. Like you have the likes of like Jack Cohn. I think he only played the Italian game, and that was it. But you know what I mean? He was yeah. in the setup for the entire. Uh, Six Nations, you have like Van der Fleer and Henshaw who got injured. And like some of these players might not have got all the game time, but they're in the squad the entire time. Yeah. And like they're it, it just shows very how important. High, yeah, it just shows how high the level the standard is as well, because these lads are pushing the the, the starters to produce world class performances. Yeah, it's, it's and a, which they did produce. Yeah, no, it's and we won what well, we won the whole competition by eleven points. Yeah, eleven points, so it's like over two games a bonus point. That that's probably a record as well. Yeah, well, I think the tournament's only gone into this format where you get the bonus points for the last three years. So, yeah, there probably is. Yeah, like, 26 yeah. points is probably the most uh, ever in a Six Nations. And you know what? They deserve like they deserve every single one of those points. Yeah. I think it's just that game. And it was the last game and the France game, which were the away games Ireland have the only games they didn't score four tries in. Yeah. And also, it's definitely... It was probably... Don't you wait each year? It's like right two games at home, three away, or else three three yeah. at home and two away. It was probably the most difficult year, arguably. Yeah, I, I think that's the hardest fixtures where you have to go to Paris because France are always going to go to home. They might they have this like history of not traveling that well, but they do do very well at home. And then any time where you have to go play the last game in Twickenham is never going to be a nice game. Yeah. Um. Next year for the Six Nations, our first game is actually England at home. So, like, you know what I mean? It's, uh, On Paddy's Day? No. <laughs> but it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see that how the England are going to come back. You know what I mean? It, it, it looked like Ireland totally shut them down. That, um, I know that England got to try at the very, very end, but, like, don't really care, really. Like, you know what I mean? But, you, like, you know what else is quite strange? You know Owen Farrell? His dad is the defensive coach for Ireland. Yeah. And, like, he took a picture with the trophies. I was like, what's he say to him at the end of the game? Also, I feel like quite big. I feel like that's an unfair advantage for Ireland. Almost that, like he knows his son, and he has to like come up with tactics against his son. That must be difficult for him. Yeah, but like it's. it's I know it's his job, yeah, it's then, his but job, like, yeah. it, it, I suppose his, his son's job is to find his dad's holes in defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, well, like it, Farrell, strange. Farrell's good, but I don't think he's going to be as good as well. I actually think he's. I was actually watching him play against Ireland, and like he's actually quite dirty. I think he's actually like. He's not like if you if there's a chance to stand you, I feel like you will. Yeah. Which is um, there's something about sex and I feel like there's a bit more class to him. Um, but I get that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. the way you remember the nose injury. Yeah. And Sexton got a busted nose during the game, and the ref was like, "Right, we're gonna do a blood replacement." Sexton's like, "What are you talking about? I'm not going off. No, I'm not going off." He kept he was adamant he wasn't going off. He's like, "Just give me a tail, wipe his nose." He's like, "Grand." Yeah. I think he actually has a broken nose. Do you know does he? Yeah. I actually think he does. Yeah. But look, this Six Nations campaign, it was like a turning of the corner for the Irish rugby team. Yeah. Now they're going to like look towards the World Cup with like massive aspirations for it. It's on in Japan. and I mean, I suppose we're now world ranked number two, so we're therefore the second favourites for the World Cup. I know, yeah. So, and we have a great test coming in this year that in the summer we're going to go to Australia and play Australia three times in their own back garden. So, it'd be interesting to see who gets the starting positions by then? There's so much competition. You, you could barely... 
you could like you, you could probably pick the top, the best 15 now but then that could change after these Australia games like who knows some players could come in and perform even better as well like that number 13 position now that's up in the air like at Henshaw like, yeah who, who is the best yeah, like, like Henshaw's not guaranteed to come back and be brilliant again after that injury mm. uh, like Farrell won't man the match so it's sort of like he probably deserves a half and then like Ring Rose as well he probably deserves a half as well yeah. so how would you split it up you know yeah, it's actually quite interesting to see the entire squad, but like, so much competition everywhere. Like, the front row, you have, you know, Healy and McGrath, you have Bess and Cronin, you have Furlong and Porter, and it's just like, what a front row. Yeah. And then you have Ryan Henderson, who are like both, I think, a max, I think Henderson's 26. And then you have like Devin Toner and the old guard. And then like, the back row is like, insert here, whoever yeah. you want, they're all brilliant. People are going to be missing out that. Would make it into any other squad. No, it's like so talented in the back row. You can name seven or eight back rowers that easy start for Ireland. That's good. That's going to be a heavy airplane going to Japan, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And then, like, obviously, Murray and Sexton, like, in my opinion, is the best halfback combination in the world. Then Bundy put in uh, performance tournament. Both wi- Ireland wingers, Earls and Stockdale, are up for playing the tournament. <laughs> uh, Rob Kearney looks more rejuvenated than anyone else I've ever seen. And that second centre, whoever played the second centre, put on Brian O'Driscoll's jersey every yeah. time they walked out yeah, you know what I mean thing. yeah 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 yeah. that's what exactly what I was thinking yeah, I think Ring Rose looked a lot like him yeah. the way he was playing there's something I don't know oh, clear, yeah but clearly like as far as I'm aware Ring Rose also went to Black Rock and I feel like he clearly grew up idolising Brian O'Driscoll and yeah, probably tries to emulate his style of play as much as he can yeah obviously yeah and he does have that sort of like jink to him doesn't he yeah there was something he's a bit of a twinkle toes alright yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's just absolutely incredible to see and um, there was actually an Irish politician, Shane Ross, who took a picture with Johnny Sexton and Rob Kearney with the trophies. And then he goes, great to have uh, Johnny Sexton and Dave Kearney home. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't know who they were. <laughs> he didn't know. He thought Rob Kearney was Dave Kearney. Did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then Rob Kearney's been back home. Thanks, Leo. I was in the league. Leo Varadkar. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So he's like, rimmed them back. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, um, uh, I, I wanted to throw in there. I was I was at the off the ball there the other day, right? And then uh, like Brian Driscoll was there, and he was just sort of getting ready to go out. And I was looking at him, and I was like, he's probably like if you had to do a competition or you did a poll, who's the top five most loyal people in Ireland? He'd probably be like number like they're probably in the top three most yeah. loyal people in Ireland. It was weird. I was just sort of like he has like the whole country in his hands. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely he's such a nice guy as well. He's very like there's. It's weird because it's not like a smell of superstar off him as in like yeah, you meet the, him yeah. he's, he's like he's very much another lad yeah. if you yeah, know but, I mean. Yeah but when I was like I was, sort of, I was trying to eat, he was talking to Eddie O'Sullivan about the match on the weekend right so yeah. I was sort of like he's dropping in yeah. <laughs> it's like here get out of the way but uh, no I was listening and I was just sort of like I was just sort of looking at him and I was like uh, like slightly in awe being like like people are bending over backwards to this guy you yeah. know what I mean like literally and like I was like he's so like I couldn't believe he is like the total. He has the keys to the castle. Yeah, he's, I mean? he's he's also such a good pundit because like yeah. he, the way he views the game is so brilliant. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of the times when people look at Brian Driscoll, what they didn't see is he was actually so brilliant defensively. He organised the defence so well, and I actually always see him when he's doing his punditry on BT Sports for like the European rugby. He breaks down his team's defences so well that I'm like he'd actually be such a good backs coach. No, no, he was great. Always a great tackler as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was, he was, he was such a good tackler. Well, he's great at everything. Yeah, yeah I but felt like, like I felt like he was always going down about sixty minutes or into the game, just being like his shoulder was fucked. Uh, yeah, and remember, like, how many shows have we worked on when he's been there? And like each and every guest always say, like has not one bad word to say against. No, he's one of the noisiest guys of all time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of like he's sort of like. Because there's not many that that many famous part, uh, like Irish people. Like even if you look through the Irish squad now. 
Yeah, but he's like a consummate professional, though. Yeah, yeah, but but like when you look through the players like nowadays, like he's still like way more bigger than all them as well. Yeah, maybe even add it together. Yeah, but if you look at it and you were to name the best five rugby players of all time, he'd probably be in it. Oh no, definitely. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's pretty impressive feat. Like he's in there with like. Dan Carter, John Lomu, Richie McCaw, Johnny Wilkinson. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. up there with them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I was in, like, he could be one of the best rugby players of all time. He's definitely the best second centre of all time. Yeah. Uh, it was just, Yeah, sorry. I just had to add that in because I was just like, you're just sort of like looking at him. You're like, mm. there's the guy. It's quite funny that you, I, I sit there and watch Brian Driscoll and he could be there on stage with, you know, Warren Gatland. He could be on stage with Martin Johnson, Eddie O'Sullivan. And like I feel like he has the best rugby brain out of all. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because sometimes he's had a few drinks on him, and then they do the quiz at the end. And yeah, quick fire questions, and he's just like bang knows all the answers. Yeah, yeah, he's he's absolutely sensational. Um, yeah, they, obviously, Mar- obviously Martin Johnson was there. What was he like? Uh, Martin Johnson was just like telling stories about like uh, being England manager and then how the press like used to go against him and stuff, and that's what he felt like really didn't help because. The, pre- the press before when he was a manager they said that the the Welsh management was better than the English management but Wales uh, England beat Wales so he was just said it was just the press to wreck his head it's probably the same thing for England manager being the, the football manager yeah although the press against you yeah. I feel like England in terms of football having Gareth say okay in there it's like expectations automatically lowered yeah. you know what I mean yeah. it was it's almost yeah. like, True, like yeah. good, ex- good idea on their behalf but yeah. um, for sure he was a World Cup winner as well Massive as well, like, yeah. massive. Yeah, yeah. He, he was the captain. Yeah, he was asking for you. He was like, "Where's, where's Roscoe?" Ah, what knock off me or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's it, it's great to see those shows, and it's great to see the stories that. Yeah, yeah. it's behind. Yeah, it's behind the scenes stuff, which yeah. is uh, yeah. But like, Bruno just could basically sold out the whole place. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we yeah, but it was great. That whole term was brilliant for us as well. Like uh, the amount of people that like came onto our page, started listening to our stuff, uh, the tickets we gave away as well. Like we gave away over I don't know about sixteen tickets. Uh, then unfortunately we actually had tickets to go to the homecoming in the Aviva, but it started snowing. Yeah, typical Ireland. Very Ireland. Very Ireland. And obviously the players aren't going to stand out on the pitch with a hangover in no. the snow, especially when me and you were dragging out of them. Yeah, get a selfie. Stocky Dale, get yeah. over here. Holding the triple crown, running yeah. away with it like. Uh, but that that was that basically. Um, but onwards looking for the World Cup. It's going to be very exciting times. Um, I, I expect nothing more than like at least a semi final uh, appearance. See the thing is, I hundred percent agree. I think I think the way they're all reassessing things now, going back to their clubs with the rest of the European Championships coming up, they're also like right now they have that bug, and there's there's yeah. nothing more uh, like inspiring then when you win once you're like right you're, just, uh, you're addicted to it you want more and more and more I'm, I almost look at uh, like like a Leinster and I'm just like oh god it's so unfortunate that the Henshaw's injured because you can almost form nearly an Irish pack out of the Leinster like the Leinster pack could be an Ireland pack yeah. only yeah. and then like you have you have uh, Sexton Luke McGrath's obviously brilliant and then you could have like Henshaw Ring Rose the Carney brothers and then Fergus McFadden or Adam Burton you know what I mean I, I, I was yeah. like I was like that Leinster side could line out for Ireland. You know what I mean? No, tell us what yeah. And I'm almost like, oh, it's actually unfortunate that, like, because when you take Henshaw out of there, like, it looks a lot different, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, uh, I, was so, I was so happy watching it, but I'm so much more happier for them that it's all, it's all working. Like, yeah. all them years of hard work and then going through each competition, the underage levels, travelling everywhere, and then comes to that Twickenham game and not one person bottled it and no. they just put it out against like England have like a superstar name team you know mm. what I mean like you know what I mean and it was, it was so good to see at the final whistle all the players like 
you know, go over to their families, wives, girlfriends, whoever, and like just embrace with them and just be like, you can see like the sacrifice that they put in throughout their career, it really paid off. Yeah. And it was just like a moment for them. It was, you know yeah. I mean? That felt like a real moment. I don't know if it was Paddy's day. I don't know if it was because I had a couple of points. Like, I was just, I was looking at it and I was like, that was quote unquote beautiful. It was yeah. just like, they did it for them. Like, and I don't know, it's just, Everyone was proud then, then and there. Who was still not? Who wasn't KO'd by yeah. that stage? You know, it was very Ireland. It was possible. I'd actually say it was probably our best Grand Slam win because yeah. it was it was quite dominant. Uh, yeah. Grand Slam. It was almost like we were almost too dominant. Yeah. Well, I, I lads, lads, like don't be as good next time. You know. Yeah. We we actually said that it was almost like a bit of a shine was taken away from it that England weren't uh, at the races. Yeah. Well. the they didn't finish from fifth after we that was, beat them. That was probably Arna's most dominant performance in Twickenham ever. Yeah, it was. It was up there anyway. Yeah. It was, what was it? Twenty one five a half. Know, time, they, were too, they were too far ahead. Like yeah, it was, that, it was, that's why Peter Mandy fair play to him. Got just went to the same bin to be like, I let these lads back in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Peter Mandy, one nice guy. When he gave his medal to that girl at the end of the game, this girl who was Down syndrome, and it was just like a very special moment. Like he picked her out of the crowd. He went over. He gave her a hug. I think at one stage she got pictures with all the Irish team. And it's just to see that, um, you know, the Irish rugby team would like take their time out of their, their like, moment, their yeah. big, glorious moment to go over and, like, make someone's day like that who, like, obviously isn't going to have as, like, you know, a fulfilling life maybe as others. Like, I don't know if that sounds bad to say, but I, I think people no, know I what you. I mean. It's coming from, like, no, you mean they weren't, heart, like Yeah, you mean yeah. they weren't, like, being selfish, being like, yeah. this is my glory. Yeah, yeah. They went over and, like, made another fan's day. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was deadly. Deadly. Very palm, yeah, very palm. Yeah, you know he's a wonderful <laughs> man, and you know he's one of the leaders in the side, and he shows by example. And uh, you can even see like Sexton as well as such a leader as well. And you could, it was great to see them lift the triple crown while uh, Rory Best left, lifted the trophy. There's big things to come from this team. Although you know it's a bit weird. They lifted that, and then Rory Best lifted like the Six Nations trophy. But like, is there not a Grand Slam trophy? You know. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, you know, it was even I weird. thought there was going to be a third trophy. Yeah, it was even weird the way Peter, uh, sorry, uh, Rory Best like stood further back yeah. on the stage while the lads with the triple crown were at the front. Yeah, I was yeah. like, get down the front, like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but I feel like Rory Best is never someone who's going to be like, everyone get me in the picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Remember, it was Paul O'Connell, so he could stand anywhere and be taller. You know yeah, 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 yeah. But um, just it was probably the best tournament I've ever seen Ireland playing rugby, and it might be for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny now how, like, obviously because it was on Paddy's Day, more and more people watched it because it was a bigger game to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? The only reason why I went out early was to watch the game. But then, like, people that are new to, like, be, quote-unquote, new-ish to the sport, mm. you know what I mean? Uh, they're probably going to be like, jeez, I'm going to win all time now, you know? For me, personally, I think look, looking forward to the World Cup, and, like, that's what it's really all about now, isn't it? Um, I'd say prior to the, that tournament, the Six Nations, I'd say Ireland were probably, like, maybe 9 or 10 to 1 to win the World Cup. They're now probably about somewhere in between like 3 and 4 to 1 to win the World Cup, as in they're a serious threat now. Yeah. To New Zealand, which is phenomenal to say. You could probably write out a top 15 for Ireland, take, like, rub them all away and put out another top 15, we'd probably still get to the quarters. Yeah, no, like the Ireland second string team would be brilliant as well. Yeah. Well then, we should probably move on to the player of the tournament then, really. Yeah, so for the player of the tournament, there was six nominees for a player of the tournament. There was Garrido for France, who actually set a Six Nations record against Ireland. He made 31 tackles himself in that game. Um, there's, in terms of the Italian fullback, 
His name is Mario Manzoni. He scored four tries. It was the most ever try scored by an Italian player in a tournament. I think he's only yeah. 21 or 22. Yeah. Um, then you have four Irish players for player of the tournament. You could have probably had four out of maybe 10 players and no one would give out. Yeah, Keith Earls, absolutely phenomenal player. Connor Murray, Johnny Sexton, and Jacob Stockdale. Yeah. So, Barry, uh, who do you think player of the tournament? Oh, well, like, if you're going for glory, you go for, like, Stockdale. But, like, if you're going for, like, who probably conducted it the most, you'd probably be, like, either between Sexton and Murray. And then, like, just based on Sexton missing more kicks than expected... Um, Murray actually making all his kicks, even though it was yeah, it was, it was like, weird that he was kicking. But yeah. yeah, I think you'd have to, you'd have to give it to. I think you have to give it to Conor Murray. I, like I know Keith Earls put in like, great performances and stuff, but it was like the heart of the team is is the cent is is the out half and scrum half, and I think Conor Murray just was played a ten out of ten for the tournament. Look, I I think it's it's very easy to say Jacob Stockdale. He probably does deserve it. Uh, seven tries. Saying, yeah, well, no, 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 no. But I like, it, it was nice that you put it in an argument for someone else because, like, as much as Jacob Stockdale did score seven tries, he he telling himself, like, if it wasn't for the other players on the team, he wouldn't score seven yeah, yeah, tries. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And I just look at Conor Murray, and as much as you know, Sexton's probably like in charge of the backs, and then you have Rory Best as captain, and then you have, like, Peter O'Matney, he's also a leader in the pack. I just look at Connor or Connor Murray, and, like, when he's on that field, it's his field. He lets the forward knows what's happening. He lets the backs know what's happening. And, as you always say, Barry, he is the conductor of the orchestra. Yeah. And it's very evident that he's probably the best player on the pitch. I think he's probably, not only is he the best scrum half in the world, but he's, like, if you were to take every individual position, he is, like, the best at his position yeah. on top of that as well. So I, what you're saying, Conor Murray as well? I don't like uh, so when you make the argument about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we <laughs> had to lose one player, he'd be the least player I'd like to lose. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. We should have. Pro- we should probably do this podcast again. And I'll say someone else. Like that's fine, but uh, <laughs> look, Jacob Stockdale, like the young player determined. Oh, yeah. Like really see who will get the player tournament, it probably will be Jacob Stockdale. There's no absolutely nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like phenomenal choice. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you just sort of I almost think sometimes someone like Sexton, someone like Murray, because they're actually so consistently good, you sort of expect them to be that good, so therefore you might actually not see their performances as good as they are, if yeah. that makes sense. No, hundred no, percent gets you. So yeah, look, great performance. You could have any other one on the list. You could have Bundy Akai, you yeah. could have CJ Stander. Um, like Toy Furlong, like he obviously not going to play the term, but he got man of the match in the in game. You know what I mean? Like so many players, like put their hand up for for that nomination. Chris Farrell sitting at home being like, "Here, look, I got man of the match in one game." Like hundred percent record, hundred percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, it could have been anyone out of that Irish team that could be enough for it. Yeah, I think I just when I broke it down in my head there, I was like, "Here, look, that's it." Yeah, Murray. that's it. So was there uh, Conor Murray? Absolutely, like just has the world at his feet, like. He told yeah. yeah. Ireland's biggest hero. Yeah. And then Jacob Stockdale, I mean He's only he, twenty one, like, you know what I mean? He's he's I think he's played ten games and scored twelve tries for Ireland. Yeah. Think about How it. Like, more do you want from him? He's twenty one, he's probably gonna be playing for the next fourteen, maybe fifteen years the way like yeah. technology's going these days. He could probably, he, he could be become one of Ireland's greatest ever players. Like. Yeah, he's, he well, that's, he's, now, that's a lot of pressure now, but I mean yeah, but he's he's sort of up there with the likes of uh Sexton and uh, Murray you know, standard Peter O'Mahony of Toy Furlong, people who just like 
their jersey is their jersey, and it's going to take something very special to get that jersey off them. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive feat. Like, you would have came in as an unknown commodity for most Irish fans, and then he's had to leave, and probably they're everyone's favourite player. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, any any final words on the on the rugby podcast? I really enjoyed it. I think, like, a lot of people started coming to our page and started listening to the show and, like, really enjoyed the breakdowns. Now, I know mm. we only did three, but, I mean, we didn't want to, like, flood it because some weeks were off. Yeah. But, like, I like the way even we, the way we got involved and, like... like Giving we, out tickets. Giving out tickets, yeah. We tried to give away tickets for the, the homecoming, but, uh, like, that was cancelled, obviously, so, like, there's nothing to give away. But uh, thanks a million, we, like, tuned in to all the rugby stuff. Um... We really enjoyed it. Like, obviously, you did too because, like, Ireland won the whole thing. Yeah, and if you are looking for more rugby content from us, maybe give us an idea of what you'd like us to do next because we're not going to report on the Pro 14 every week. It's just too many games and, like, yeah, to, you know, when if Leinster are playing Treviso, like, let's be honest, no one overly cares and we don't mean that in any way. They don't really. No, because so, the, majority, the majority of the people that follow our page would be, like, Irish. Yeah. Um, they, they wouldn't just be like they'd be like Connacht Ulster Munster and, and, so, and we so, don't follow it that deeply yeah so it'd be if put it this way if one of the Irish teams get very deep in the European competition we probably will do a podcast on that but until then it's a bit up in the air until we know in our next one obviously we'll do one for Australia yeah the, um, 100% the series out there but um, thanks a million for listening uh, obviously send us a DM if you have anything if you want to give your opinion on the podcast and as always Stay energized!